0: Hi everybody, this episode is a wee bit shorter than usual but I thought you might enjoy it. It's a longer version of a much shorter piece that I submitted for assessment at university, so why not, right? It's always been noisy down by the river air. Today it's cars on a nearby main road, and children in the playground of Kyle Academy. But for centuries the river has been a hub of industry, with the overmill a little way up the river, and the imposing, almost ethereal ruined structure of the Holmston Lime Kiln, jutting out of the undergrowth, as though left over from an age of myth and magic. And if you consider turning limestone into slaked lime magic, then you would have been delighted to see it in its heyday, before nature began to reclaim the stone structure and generations of kids using it as a drinking den saw the structure become just a wee bit shugly. Although it's just a husk now, run down over centuries by industrialisation elsewhere, it stands as a monument to Ayr's industrial heritage. But under the thrum of traffic on the river's southern bank, you might just hear the almost imperceptible babble of a spring that's been there much longer than the lime kiln, and speaks to another age of myth. Down by the water's edge, obscured by plants and, thanks to climate change, often the water of the river itself, is a little heel-shaped mark in the ground, where a tiny wellspring patters up from the bedrock. It's called Wallace's Heel, and was, supposedly, created by Scots hero William Wallace, who leapt down to the riverbank while hiding in the Legland forest from English soldiers with braying hounds. What had he done? Well, he broke a soldier's spine over a one-grove bed, hitting him so hard with a staff that it snapped like a twig. Wallace must have been a pretty big guy, or landed like a Marvel superhero, because the story goes that his boot left such an imprint in the rock that the water instantly sprang forth and still does to this day. He swam to the other side, eliminating his scent trail, and lived to fight another day. The Lime Kiln, affectionately known as the Castle in air, is proof positive that even the most mundane objects can become attractions for visitors. The fact that it's so close to another one, a tiny spring in the rock, must have been really convenient for the Victorian Council building a footpath for people to promenade along. The heel itself is really just a simple petrosomatoglyph, a naturally occurring phenomenon in the rock, which makes it look like a part of an animal or human has created an imprint. These then take on cultural significance over time, as folktales grow up around them, and we kids learn that William Wallace once escaped from soldiers. Right there, on that very spot. There are hundreds of petrosomatoglyphs all over the world, and more than a few of them are in Scotland, from the feet of St Columba, to those of King Constantine, and even in Shetland, a giant whose footprint is said to cure warts for some reason. But in 1745, a bonnie prince came through the border's town of Kelso, marching in formation with his men, leading a beautiful brown horse, on the road towards England. Charles William Stuart stayed in the town for a couple of days, as he sent Jacobite envoys over the border to declare his intention to march south and take the throne. But the stay was full of bad omens. Well, there were two bad omens. First, one of the Camerons of Lochiel cut himself while unsheathing his sword something that was considered incredibly bad luck by the Highlanders and the army. Secondly, Charlie's horse cast its shoe on Roxbury Street, in the middle of the town. Bad omen? Maybe. Embarrassing for Charlie as the people watched the young Chevalier come down the main street? Almost certainly. And of course, the horseshoe, which is embedded in the cobbles of the street isn't the same shoe that the horse cast off, and the horse didn't hit the ground so hard that it created an imprint. But it tells the people of Kelso, and visitors who want to stand in the middle of a road, outside a semi and across from the co-op, something about their history. The things that teach us about who we are don't have to be grand tales of heroes or ornate buildings with storied histories, or tartan, or shortbread. Sometimes, it can be a horse losing its shoe or a guy swimming across a river. You've been listening to an incredibly short episode of Scotland. It was written and produced by me, Michael Park, and is a production of Be Quiet Media. The music for every episode of Scotland is by our very own Bonnie Prince, Mitch Bain. You can check out more of his work at mitchbane.bequiet.media. Jamie Mowat does amazing illustrations for us, which you can see in our episode art. Check out more and buy prints at tidlin.com. Scotland is supported by Chris Lingwood, Tony B, Mike McQuaid, and listeners like you on Patreon. You can get loads more from us for as little as £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash bequietmedia. You can find out more about the show and read transcripts on our website, scotlandpodcast.net and we're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram too. Find us by searching Scotland, a Scottish history podcast. Thanks for listening. Look after each other. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated if you can. We'll see you next time.